Hey, welcome back to The Pack Out. This podcast is all about life stories. Sometimes that can mean a huge event, and sometimes it can be a simple moment that sticks with you. Either way, I've learned that there's power in telling a story, as well as in listening to one. Thanks for being here. So I'll take my last dollar and all by your daisies. We've all been on a vacation where things didn't go exactly as planned, and that's what we find in today's story. It's a special one because it's told by some of my in-laws and really catches the intricate workings of what it means to be a family. This is a story that is not about me, but I wish it were. My husband has eight siblings, and most of them are married, so when we get together, it's kind of a circus. But when the kids run off to play and it calms down a little, that's when the stories come out. Memories of when they were small, inside jokes, all kinds of family adventures. They're all great storytellers, and I love to listen. But there's one story about a backpacking trip that a bunch of them took about ten years ago. I missed it, and it still bugs me. Oh, am I talking about how the supai? This is Adam. He's the oldest, and he's the kind of guy who always has a story. Have a supai, by far one of the like top five coolest experiences of my life. Blows you away. There's, I mean, these waterfalls are just enormous, but you have countless pools all around that you could just jump off, swim in. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's amazing. This is it, the trip that I still regret missing, but maybe not for the reasons you'd expect. From the get-go, it was planned to be epic. Three glorious days spent 10 miles down in the Grand Canyon at the campground at the Havasupai Indian Reservation. I had just seen it in movies and thought that's a bucket list place I want to go to. Adam was joined by his wife, Kara. Havasupai is, it's like this area surrounded by waterfalls, all within like a mile or so of each other. The two of them invited the rest of the family. I wanted to go, but I had a brand new baby and was in no condition to be backpacking anywhere. But then again, neither was Kara. Oh, also I was super pregnant at this time. Okay, we can go ahead and establish that. Kara is tough. She's like run marathons for fun tough, and that's why even though she was well into the pregnancy, she was determined to make it. I remember just being like, there isn't anyone who's going to tell me I can't do this. I'm just going to go, I'm going to carry my own backpack, I'm going to carry my own weight. Sometimes before you have a baby, you're kind of like feeling nostalgic about all the things you're going to miss out on. And so I was kind of like, no, I can't miss this. I'm not that far I'm good. This feeling, I get it. We all do. Nobody likes missing out, especially when what you're missing out on is the kind of trip that you see annoying friends brag about on Instagram. It all began on the early hours of Saturday, August 7th, 2010. 
They tied their gear to the top of an SUV, hopped in, and were on their way. Six from the family ended up going. Three pairs. Adam's brother, Eric. I think had been married about a little over a year. His new wife, Debbie. I don't know whose idea it was. Eric just said, let's go to have a supai with my brother and sister. Their sister, Felice, came along, too. I wasn't going to go. Then I ended up going with Dad. And their dad, Mike. Yeah, that was a, it was a great trip. We all got along well. They knew the drive from northern Utah would be long, so they settled into their seats. The back rows of those big SUVs are fine for kids, but pretty tight for adults, especially the ones way back on the third row. The going down, I remember, was pretty chill. That, that night, though, we were supposed to get there by, like, 6 p.m., and by, like, 8 p.m., we knew that probably something was wrong, but we just kept going. I think there was a lot of talking, and I think we tried to sleep. There was a lot of, like, <laughs> concern about where we were. It wasn't really even, like, GPSs either. Like, cell phones weren't working. I was new in the family, so I didn't know my place yet. <laughs> So I remember being like, oh, I can help, and being shot down right away and multiple times, shot down that you don't know what you're doing, we know, because we planned this trip. I definitely remember saying we're going the wrong way, and I definitely remember especially Adam and Mike being like, this has got to be the right way. <laughs> anyway, we got lost, super lost, and I know that Havasupai is near the Grand Canyon, but we like actually were on the rim of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I guess not realizing that the Grand Canyon is pretty big. We went down, I mean, the smallest dirt road that you have ever seen. So we get on this road and it is a dirt road, like super bumpy. And we just start driving and we drive for over an hour and it gets pitch black. We finally got through like all this underbrush. There no way is this the right place. And we got to the end and there were these like two dudes in their trucks and they were so drunk and they were like, oh my gosh, you guys are, you're not even close to it. It's on the other side of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I mean, like collectively our spirits, I think were broken that first night. It was miserable. In retrospect, it made sense. A quick internet search for directions had provided instructions to reach Havasupai Road, not the reservation that shared the name. The two places look really close on a map, but that canyon, the one separating this family from where they wanted to be, well, like Eric said, it's pretty big. Just when they thought they were coming to the end of this long drive, they had to face the fact that they still had hours of road ahead of them. They turned the car around and started back down that long dirt road. The drive took all night. We're all really tired. Uh, I, think, I think for the most part, everybody was pretty grumpy too. To make a long car ride longer, yeah, my dad, he had his book in Spanish, and he would just read it out loud. Mike, like a lot of dads, doesn't like to waste time. So while everyone was trapped in the SUV trying to sleep, he figured it was a good time to brush up on his language skills. 
It, it was it was like listening to somebody do like a chant or something in Spanish. Like it was just a straight mumble for a really long time. Ambos pueblos prosperan durante una época de paz y abundancia. It was a long night. I think it was supposed to be 12 hours from when we left, and it was 24 hours total. Finally get there. We're like a day behind. It was while they were untying their packs from the top of the SUV that they realized that they had lost a few things. At one point, just on the way down, Felice's pack had the majority of her food and my dad's food. We only realized once we got to the trailhead that it had fallen out. I do remember that we were kind of like... Of course. Of course this would happen. This this sounds about right. <laughs> my shoes, they had flown off, and my dad's whole bag, most of his socks, half of our food. So then I'm like, great. This is going to be a great trip so far. Um, so I had, like, a tiny pair of $5 Kmart, like, knockoff Converse's. That's what I ended up hiking in the most of the time. I had blisters all week. Remember we started down, I felt like I was doing good. It's long and it's hard, but I just remember really enjoying the experience of being there and doing something that not everyone has the opportunity to do this. And then you get to the sand and you're like, how far are we? And we're like, not even a mile. (laughs) Not even a mile in. They hiked down eight miles to the Supai village and then two more to the campground. I remember there was a helicopter pad and we saw people flying in on the helicopter. I thought, what a bunch of wusses. They're flying in after we walked all that way. Everyone agreed. Helicopters were for wimps. Who would do that? Like, that's half experience. We got down there, and I was expecting this gorgeous place because all the pictures are incredible, and it was not very pretty. There was, like, this huge flood that had gone through Havasupai, and it had damaged one of the waterfalls and it had taken a bunch of trees out from the camping area so where there used to be a lot of trees and vegetation there wasn't nearly as many trees I mean it's freaking hot no shade nothing it was really really hot the whole time we were there I remember getting super sunburned there was like a lot of garbage the outhouses were really gross Dad and I shared all of our meals. I was like, I'm going to be starving all week. And I think Dad probably ate a lot less so that I wouldn't be. We were so dead tired that first night that we all, everyone just kind of laid down on mats and just fell asleep. But in the morning, the flies were like the worst. There would be like hundreds of flies swarming around your head. So that's what would wake you up first. And then you would feel them landing on your face. And so you're just like half asleep trying to knock the flies off your face. The flies were so bad. I remember looking over at Felice, and she was so asleep that she didn't notice the dozens of flies on her like lips, like on her nose. I mean, just crawling all over her face, um, which wasn't even the worst uh, thing that Felice had to deal with because, like I said, Dad was like her <laughs> her partner that whole time. So after we did one night of freeze dried meals for dinner. It wasn't like running water to wash out your stuff. And so I watched my dad uh, <laughs> with Felice's silverware. He would lick his finger and uh, try to wipe it clean. 
That was so funny to me. How he was like oblivious to what he was doing, but he was he's gonna spit clean it. The the trip was really I mean, once we were there it was fun. You feel like it's an oasis. Obviously in the desert you think Arizona's dry, ugly, and I mean these are enormous waterfalls, you're climbing down some rope ladders and chains to get off the mountain to get down to these pools and um, it's just an adventure. It's cool. They all had a great time down there, but any good storyteller knows that the most boring part of a story is the part where things work out. That's why they all skipped right to the end. Hiking out is brutal. We left at 3.30 in the morning, so you're already tired, but if you leave later, that heat just will cook your brains. And then we all packed up to go, <laughs> and the same thing happened, <laughs> that we start walking out, and somebody says, we should go this way, and somebody says, we should go this way. And there are literally no signs, there's no lights, <laughs> no nothing. And we take off, and we think, oh, we, we're really making good time. And we come around about an hour and a half or two hours later, we're in the same spot, and figure that we've been in this just giant circle. And this is right about the time when I thought, I don't know why I'm following Adam or Mike anywhere in the world. I love them so much, but directions are not a thing for them. And this guy came out and he was not happy because his dog was barking. And he t kind of told us where to go and, and not just where to go, but where to go. We had some blisters, we were sunburned, hadn't eaten very good for a couple days. And remember this is 10 miles down the canyon, so now we're going 10 miles up. So the trip out was supposed to be you know, four or five hours and I think it took us nine or 10. This way back was just crisscross, straight up. I mean, it was crazy steep. I think I did pretty good until I saw the switchbacks. And then, like, once I could see the switchbacks, I was just a mess. I just remember watching Kara, like, waddling, and I'm like, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> I know you do marathons and you run, but, like, you're crazy. Like, you're crazy. We watched the helicopter a few times, taking people. This time, the helicopters looked a lot more appealing. Kara was just beat, just done. I thought, man, if I could carry her on my back, I would. I'm fairly sure Mike offered to like carry me up the hill or something, but I was just dead set on doing it myself. But by the time I got up to the top of the hill, I was just like sobbing, bawling uncontrollably. During that time, the discouragement, despair, whatever it is, sets in and says, what the heck are you doing? This is miserable. Your legs are jello to the point where you think, man, I don't know how we're going to get up out of this canyon. And then once you do, you think, hey, that was a cool experience. That was the end. And then we drove home, and it was only 12 hours driving home. And I'm pretty sure when we all finished, we were all like, we're never doing that again. <laughs> It was only like four years later that we were like, we should do it again. <laughs> I'm definitely glad that I went. It's one of those experiences that I've banked in my heart forever. And I think 
honestly, that experience of doing something so incredibly physically hard has got me through a lot of emotional experiences where I've been like just down at the bottom remembering like there's no way I can get up there I just had to have to do it one step at a time and it's okay if I cry and it's okay if I claw and it's okay if I crawl so that's it that's the story I'm still upset that it's not mine why though do I love to suffer Getting lost? Twice? Spit shine silverware, sunburns and flies? What's appealing about any of it? But I still wish that I could say that I was there. Not despite the problems, but because of them. This is the kind of thing that makes people family. I don't know if they ever will plan another trip to Havasupai, and it wouldn't be the same anyway. But if they do, I'll be the first to sign up. And you better believe we will not be taking the helicopter. Thank you for listening to The Pack Out. Don't forget that the best way to keep a story is to share it. Thank you to all the Rigbys for sharing your adventure with me. This episode featured Mike, Adam, Kara, Eric, Debbie, and Felice. Editing help from Kathy MacArthur and Casey and Curtis Cummings. The theme song was written by Chris Wetton and performed by the band Aggregate. Oh, we both know this life is a glimmer. It's a whisper.